fuck, fuck, mother, mother, fuck, 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 fuck. I like your haircut. It's like very mod. Oh, thanks. I don't. You like going for the Beatles look? No, I, I just, I went to get it cut short. I just said take two off, and the woman was all chatty. And so, like halfway through, you could tell she's like, oh no, it's too short. And I was like, it's all right. Hey, welcome to Nabcast. This is Ryan along with Brad. And I just went ahead. We we're going to do a test, but I wanted to start it because it actually started going somewhere funny. <laughs> um, so Brad has a new haircut, and I think it makes him look like one of the Beatle members. I, I want to say Paul. Well, um, you know, I I was going to. Uh, I, I've decided to start picking up the guitar and uh, learn to play some music. And uh, uh, oh, make sure you're tripping on mushrooms and acid <laughs> right. because then you can write stuff like the Walrus and right, right. <laughs> I'm going to take a trip on a yellow submarine and. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the Fiffle Fluff land and... And there'll be, I think, blue people blue and... Blue people and crazy retro multicolored apricot colored people. <laughs> so have you ever watched that movie, The Yellow no. Submarine? It is so fucking weird. And you wonder how stuff like that becomes popular. Like, I like some of the songs from LSD. it. LSD. Yeah. <laughs> I like some of the songs from it. I like Yellow Submarine and uh, a couple other ones off the soundtrack because I own the soundtrack. But the movie? I don't fucking think so. It's like that movie Forbidden Planet, I imagine, <laughs> where it's just crazy animation with no real coherent. Yeah, you know it's. Uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. I, you know, I we've been we've seen a lot of movies lately, and we really and this is the we first have. Nebcast that we've done in a long time where we're not reviewing a movie or yeah, at a baseball a going or, on the background or anything. We're not just commentating on a yes, live event. So we're gonna try to be funny. And yes, we're gonna we're gonna go retro. We're gonna to go retro. This is Nebcast. this is classic Nebcast. <laughs> Retrocast. This is 8-bit cast. <laughs> I wish. If only we were. Awesome. Pixelated. <laughs> That's a little dialogue bubble just popped out <laughs> in system font talking to you. <laughs> so yeah, we've seen a lot of movies. And oh, Ryan. Yes. Um, not to derail the conversation, but I just, have to, I just have to get out my frustration with recent news that has happened. Oh, yes, yes. It's a, a news that has touched you very close to your heart. Yes. The Ninja is... Turtles intellectual property has been sold to Viacom. It has. Viacom, which owns Nickelodeon and MemTV and Paramount Pictures, uh, fully owns and can do whatever the hell they want with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I have to ask you, what, what's bad about this? Um, well, Nickelodeon has... Specifically, they're owned by Nickelodeon, but... Um, Paramount can make movies out of it and everything, but specifically Nickelodeon has a history of um, running other people's cartoon properties into the ground. They did it with Ren and Stimpy, apparently, as Jesse tells me, and Invader Zim. They also... Um, Invader Zim is really good. Yeah, but it didn't last very long because of all this corporate problems that I'm not fully aware of the history of, but in, just in general, like I don't... Like, I can't really name a well, Nickelodeon cartoon that currently exists that I'm a huge fan of or even know of. Like, yeah, I can't name one. The problem you're going to run into with that is they're going to skew it hardcore to children. Exactly. And we just had, like, Kevin Eastman was touting that we were finally going to get a sweet, mature live-action movie again. And, you know, that's Do you think they're going to throw that by the wayside? Yeah. There's no way Nickelodeon's going to greenlight a like, well, couldn't movie where they can... Paramount could do it. Yeah, but it's, like, because they're... they're they're gonna make. They're definitely gonna make a new CGI cartoon that's geared towards the kids for the network. Mm -hmm. So there's. I don't see how they're gonna make a, um, a live action movie that's 
edgier with a lighthearted cartoon. I mean, I guess they did it in the 90s with yeah. the original cartoon, but it's it's not going to be the one that mimics the comic books, that the old comic books that the fans want so very badly. And it's the other thing is um, the Mirage comic book can no longer be published. Really? Yep. Why? So, uh, because they don't own intellectual property. Like, they're not allowed to write stories if, if they don't own the, uh, own the characters. They, did, they didn't leave that alone? And Nickelodeon says, no, you can't publish anymore? Peter Laird himself can write 18 issues of comics a year for mm-hmm. himself. But, um, like, the other artists who have been doing, like Jim Lawson, Michael Dooney, who have been doing the Tales of the TMNT series uh-huh. on their own, they're uh, not allowed to do that anymore. Why? Is that as part of the deal? Yeah. Wow. And um, specifically, I read, I did some research, I read uh, uh, Peter Laird. Kevin Eastman hasn't owned the rights for about a decade now, so his involvement is moot, I guess. But Peter Laird, on his blog, was just talking about how um, he's been so involved with making the comeback of the Turtles that he's really lost interest and love for doing it. And he Mm. wants to get back into doing other things. So, you know, he's 55 now, and he's like, you know what? He didn't look 55. Yeah, he he looks pretty young to me, but... Well, his wife's really hot, so it probably helps a lot. (laughs) Oh, no, that's your Kevin Eastman. Oh, yeah. But, um... Yeah, so he just didn't want to deal with it anymore. He thought it was time to let go. Hmm. Which is sad, because I would have thought he'd let it go to, like, the other Turtle Riders or something, or just give it back to Kevin Eastman. Seems to That's really shitty that they don't allow it. the comics to be published anymore. Yeah, because uh, like Mirage Publishing will still exist, and they'll still publish their other characters and stuff. What else does Mirage publish? A bunch of not well-known titles. I don't know any. Yeah, and so the NinjaTurtles.com website isn't the Mirage website anymore. Like, Viacom's going to make their own NinjaTurtles website, so that website gets shut down and remade. Um, and this is official, like they officially said. Wow, yeah. that's pretty. That's pretty hardcore. I read all the other artists' blogs about their feelings toward the whole situation. They're shocked. They're just like, we had no idea this was even coming. Wow. So, and the, uh, the other thing I wonder is like, because Warner Brothers, uh, up to this point, owned the movie rights because they made the the previous CGI movie, mm-hmm. and um, I guess the toy companies like they're they've already got a deal, but if. They have to rework them so that they can. Well, yeah, I mean, Icon uh, now. Paramount, Paramount will have to either honor those deals or buy out of the deals. Yeah. They just cannot because they're a contract. Oh, and specifically, I read the Viacom statement. They bought it for nine million dollars. Nine million, which wow. doesn't seem like a lot to me, nope. considering it's a twenty-year-old property that's generated more than nine million dollars. <laughs> whatever. Huh. Maybe there's more money that's not disclosed. See, the it's been a while since we've done, you know, it's just me and you talking, but my two favorite companies actually merged, Marvel and Disney. Yes, they did. And the cool thing about Disney is the reason Disney wanted Marvel is because Marvel appeals to boys. And Disney has always had a problem attracting young boys to to watch their TV, to buy their toys, to go see their movies. So now they have... 5,000 plus characters that boys know, you know, Wolverine and stuff like that. And Disney is actually allowing Paramount, Fox, Sony to continue to make the movies they've already been making as part of the deal. So Disney says, you know what? You guys have X amount of years left on it. Do what you want with these because you've already had this deal. So it's cool that Disney is keeping Marvel kind of its own separate entity. And you know, I'm waiting for Marvel team, team up Mickey and Spider Man <laughs> taking down 
Peg Leg Pete and the Green Goblin. I don't know. I guess uh, maybe Marvel can be in the next Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah, that'd be Marvel sweet. Disney Square. I still think they should make a Pixar Spider-Man movie. That would be Interesting. awesome. Well, Spider-Man Five, maybe. Yes. <laughs> well, no. You know, I wonder if um, Sony's can make only live-action Spider-Man, and Disney retains the right for animated. Because Sony used to produce the Spectacular Spider-Man. If you haven't watched it, it's a freaking awesome, awesome cartoon. Uh, it's the best Spider-Man cartoon I've ever seen. And they actually, Sony dropped it. So they're not going to be producing it anymore. But ironically, it was being shown on Disney's XD, which is like a cartoon network geared at young boys. So I'm praying that Disney will pick up the rights to the Spectacular Spider-Man and continue to produce Make the cartoons. Episodes. Yeah. Because it's a great cartoon. So anybody's out there listening and they want to watch a cool cartoon, Spectacular Spider-Man on Disney XD. Man, it's Saturday morning. I really wish I had a cartoon that I could watch. And I'm a real <laughs> big fan of Spider-Man. If only there was a cartoon for me. You know, I don't think it's on in Saturday mornings. I think it's actually like Tuesday nights. I was doing the commercial plug. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to tell you it's wrong. <laughs> no, because it's, it's a little more dark than... Because right now, the cartoon's dealing with Harry Osborn's drug problem. Really? Of course not. You know, in the comics, it was LSD. In the cartoon, it's he's addicted to the goblin formula. Because the goblin formula makes him better at sports. <laughs> it makes him stronger. And they did a twist in the first season where Norman Osborn was not the Green Goblin. Harry Osborn was because he wanted people to notice him. Because he was tired of being in his father's shadow, Peter Parker's shadow when it came to being in school because it made him smarter stronger faster and uh so he started taking the drug and he became the green goblin and in the cartoon norman osborne actually funds all the villains that attack spider-man vulture sandman and he hired audio octavius to make these villains and he turned into the dr octopus because it like blew up on him mm -hmm. and so it's kind of a cool little twist on the spider-man lore because you know, you have to kind of rework it after from the 60s. Not everybody can be exposed to radiation and turn into a yeah. supervillain or whatever. And, like, a lot of uh, stories and art like that comes out of the times you're in. So yeah. you got to kind of refresh it to make stuff relevant. Yeah, so... That kind of sounds like what the Ninja Turtles did with the more recent cartoon is because they combined the the Utrams with the Shredder. Mm -hmm. So, like, the Shredder was... Is Bebop and Rocksteady still in it? No. <laughs> Everyone wonders that. And it's like, <laughs> they're, a, they're a Playmates Toys property. They were never in the comic book or... You know, I always liked um, Leatherhead, the, the Cajun... Cajun alligator. I, I guarantee those turtles are gonna pay. <laughs> a lot of those characters are just toys. Yeah. Like characters they made up just to make toys. <laughs> yeah. Baxter Stockman was never a fly. He was mm. just a scientist. Yep. Well, yeah. you know, the original Turtle comics is... I've only read them because you had them, but they're a lot more dark than... Well, yeah, you know Leonardo the... jumps and Cowabunga. cuts Shredder's head off Cowabunga. on the rooftop. <laughs> yeah. so... Remember Super Shredder? <laughs> How could you forget? <laughs> yeah, um, so the mutagen affects his armor <laughs> if metal comes in contact. But wasn't the canister made out of metal? Oh, whatever, I don't care. I still enjoyed Turtles <laughs> too. It's Actually, i got to bring that over for you. I keep forgetting. Yeah, it's not as... I mean, it's I've actually but... held out on reviewing my favorite movie of all time which is ninja Turtles one but really why just because it's so special that i gotta save it for a special cast oh see i did army of darkness as a second one was yeah. it the second one you shot your wide too early <laughs> <laughs> and girls don't like that <laughs> um so yeah 
Um, but, um, hey, Ryan. Yeah. I've been wondering, um, in the in the wake of all this uh, turtle news, how how uh, stagnant my turtle knowledge has gotten. Uh, well, it, it just so happens I can come up with questions off the top of my head. Oh, really? Yes, because I know so much. Quiz me. Um, this is like the worst segue ever. <laughs> <laughs> Be flat out honest. Uh, so I used to have this um, Ninja Turtles quiz book. It's made by uh, some company that made just these little quiz books for like Nintendo games and stuff and they're like multiple choice answers just trivia about a certain topic and I got I, I don't know where I got it but it's one for Ninja Turtles and um, like I'm a Ninja Turtles fan but I don't like live and breathe it every day and um, I did go through the whole book one time and quiz myself and I got really good at it and I haven't seen it in about 10 plus years so I'm wondering how much of my Turtles knowledge has regressed you're not going to get this one we'll see because we've we just got done talking about this character, <laughs> and there, it's funny that I turned to off the top of my head. <laughs> we know it's a book already. Brad? No, <laughs> so I turned to this page in this book, and here's the first question. According to the toys, Leatherhead was created by Orange Mutagen. <laughs> no way. According to the Archie comics, he was created by A, a witch, B, Shredder, or C, that pesky Orange Mutagen. I'm going to go with the witch. You know what? You're right, Brad. Her name is Mary Bones. I guarantee. Huh. What is Leatherhead's real name? Leatherhead's real name is, um... I don't know. It's Jess already. Harley. Jess Harley. Let's pick a random one here. You know, I'm starting to remember. I think some of those answers are wrong. <laughs> really? But keep going. Just All pick right. ten. There so we're on nine more to go. In the motion picture... With what does Casey Jones attack Raphael with when they first meet? Um, a hockey stick? <laughs> no, um, I'll give you the multiple choice if you'd like. Wait. Oh, yeah, do that. A, Just make sure. A baseball bat. B, a tree limb. Or C, a golf club. Uh, well, he eventually he attacks him with the cricket bat. But I'm trying to remember... Favorite movie? Of all oh, time, it's a man. it's a bat. It's a baseball bat because he makes the Jose Canseco bat. I was gonna yeah. say that's your favorite movie of all time. What the fuck, man? Yeah. No, I just got confused because he uses multiple weapons in that fight. But I can't. I couldn't quite. He attacks those goons first, and then he turns on Raph after Raph turns on him. Anyway, seven more to go. Okay, this is from the toys. This is from the toys. Um, which one of these vehicles made from inner tubes? is not part of the turtles arsenal the sewer party tube the sewer army tube or the sewer battering tube sewer battering tube hang on i gotta go through my brain to find uh, the answer <laughs> think about it think about it because I, I know it off the top of my head of course i wouldn't answer these questions if i didn't know um the answer is c the sewer battering, battering tube. tube. Yeah. There you go. There. You, see, you know what you're doing, Brad. Okay. I still I'm got gonna, it. I still got it. I'm gonna go to the motion picture facts and figures. Um. Did you know that Joe Siegel raved that this movie charmed the shell out of me? <laughs> <laughs> Joe um, Siegel. Ooh, this is a tough one. How much money did the film take in on its opening weekend? Ooh. Well, I know it grossed over a hundred million by the end of it. Um. It's 1990. Do you want me to give you some multiple choice, or do you want to guess? 
Yeah, give me multiple, multiple choice. Oh, you're such a cheater. Um, Fine, without a, a 10, but go on. 10.6 million. B, 17.2 million. Or C, 25.4 million. 25.4 million. Okay, let me... Um, which one is that? That is number three. Actually, no, it is... It's two. What the fuck? C. What's super impressive about this figure, incidentally, is that over half the people who went to the theater were children, admittedly, admitted at a relatively low children's prices. If it had been adults, the film might have bested Batman as having the best opening weekend in motion picture history. Son of a bitch. So, so uh, 25.4 million was going to be one of the best opening weekends ever. And now, the best opening weekend ever is held by The Dark Knight <laughs> at, what, 186? Uh, 170, I think. No, it's more than that, because Spider-Man 3 did 183. Really? Yeah. I did 130. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's... Dark Knight crushed it, for sure. Yeah. I don't know, maybe. Inflation. Who knows? Huh. But I didn't know... Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that ticket price is kids, so... Yeah. That, and that overall total may even be 300 million. With inflation. Yeah. Wow. Sure it is. Um... This is a tough one. When did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles first appear on TV? The month and year. Damn. It's hardcore. Uh, I know it's 87. Is there multiple choice? No. Okay. Um, damn. Okay, it's 87. Ans answer me in parts. Yeah, hang on a second. I gotta find the fucking answer key that's in my head. <laughs> Um, new seasons usually start in September, so September 87? Close. It was December 1987. Really? Yes. What day? Uh, it does not say. Oh, Maybe because it's syndicated, so... Mm. Well, syndication happens after it premieres, so... <laughs> Here's another tough one. Was that five ago? Four. Um, on the video cassettes cartoon collections, which one of these cartoon series is not advertised? A. Pound Puppies... <laughs> B, Mad Scientists, or C, Alvin and the Chipmunks? Uh, I'm going to go with Alvin and the Chipmunks. You're right. Yeah. It is C, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Okay, that's seven. So... <laughs> I love these Turtles on TV ones. They're really complicated. When the pizza is thrown at the viewer in the opening, which of these ingredients does not <laughs> stick to the screen? <laughs> A, anchovies. B, onions. C, pepperoni. D, mushrooms. Or C, or E, green peppers. Wow. <laughs> Read them again? I think um, it's one of the first ones. Anchovies. Do you want me to read them again? Or are you going, are you I got it, yeah. Let's see. Fuck. Sorry, I just lost the... Dun, 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 it's like you never held a book before. I know, it's like... <laughs> how do you read... Sprinkled French fries on my cupcake. <laughs> six is a trick question, Brad. Son of a bitch. Because six is A, anchovies, B, onions, and E, green peppers. Wait, they all stick to the screen, don't they? <laughs> no, those are the ones that don't stick to the screen. Mushroom, uh, pepperoni, and mushrooms are the only ones that stick to the screen. 
So everything... Oh, so you can answer more than one. I, I guess so. That's, oh. the, that's the only one in that whole area that has more than one. Those assholes. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. Since its debut, the Turtles cartoon show has consistently ranked number two in the ratings. Behind which cartoon series? Number two behind... Okay. And this book is like 92, if not earlier. Um... Number two behind uh, He-Man or Transformers? No. no. More. What else was going on? More then? traditional than that. I mean, more, more new than that. Uh, Tailspin. You know what? You're really close, Brad. Chippendale. Uh, Chippendale. Yeah. Rescue <laughs> Rangers. And it says "boo" in here. After the answer. Oh, oh, because yeah, yeah, competition. That's a fucking tough one. Are there any ones about comic books in there? Yeah, this is what it is. How much money do the Turtles characters rake in for their creators during an average year? You just asked how much they sold it for. <laughs> That's today. Um, yeah. I'll give you the multiple choice. Yeah, that'd help. It's A, $10 million, B, $75 million, or C, $350 million. Yeah, I'm going to go with the $10 million. Okay, then, um, <laughs> that's way too high for that year, I suppose. And if you're a kid <laughs> reading this, you have probably no concept of what? It is C, $350 million. Just from the comic book. That's what it says. The turtle characters rake in for the creators not during an average year. The property rakes in? Yeah, that's what it says. Well, see, I thought it was the like, comic book sales. That's what it says. Turtle characters. Yeah, well, that's through. They can be on anything, like even a bed sheet or yeah, a cookie it's a lot jar. Of money. Yeah. So then I would have answered three hundred million. <laughs> Whatever. And they sold it for nine million dollars. Wow, it's gone down in value. Yeah. But it hasn't though, because the new cartoon shows a hit. The movie was a hit. Whatever. Well, Don't only screw it up by a million dollars. Not very. So I guess Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman are really rich. <laughs> Which fast food chain has been selling video cassettes featuring the Turtles? Pizza Hut. Nope, it'd be Burger King. Ah, oh, you're right. I gotta told you that. I still have a Shredder toy where he's like breaking through. Damn it. Pizza Hut did something else. Oh, they had the coming out of their shells cassette tape. All right, we'll do a couple more. And I'm going to give you this one because I want you to get one right. I'm tired of you missing them. I've got most of them. <laughs> Originally, the turtles' masks were all the same color. What color was this? Red. Thank you. I even knew that. I don't have to look at it. Yeah. You could have just asked me that without the book. What is a Shredder's real name? Ooh. Um, trick question. A. Oroko Saki. B. Eiji Kinza. C. Michael Osaka. Um, actually... I think it's Oroku Nagi in the original comic book. But uh, since that's not listed, I'm going to go with Oroku Saki. It is. Yeah. I beat the book. (laughs) Ooh. Oh, wait. No, that's my bad. Nagi's his brother because the Shredder... The Shredder's brother gets killed by Hamato Yoshi. Here's a a, a movie. In the movie, what song is Donatello humming outside of April's farmhouse? 
Old McDonald at a farm. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Old MacDonald had a farm. <laughs> which was written in 1917, in case your music buffs just had to know. <laughs> Who this, the this has to that? Much, this has as much attitude as a turtle's. Uh, it's <laughs> like the turtles wrote the book themselves. Here, I'll do a couple uh, comic book ones. If they have them in here. So I think the verdict is that I haven't lost it. I still got it. No, you're pretty good. Pretty good. A little, ru little rusty, but... A little rusty, but... Now we got to find you a book of Spider-Man or Friday the 13th trivia. Just think of something. I'll answer it correctly. Um, what is the actor's sister's name of the guy in the wheelchair who gets killed in part whatever? Four. <laughs> <laughs> part two is the guy who gets killed in the wheelchair. <laughs> I don't think they have the comics in here. I'm surprised they don't have the Archie ones in there. Well, they have like random questions, but it's like in the grab bag. Oh. I'll just do. What comic issue did Ground Check appear? Dimension X is how many miles away? What is the name of the official Turtles fan club? Ooh. A. Turtle Force. B. The Green Team. C. The Shellheads. Damn. Um. I didn't even know there was one. I'm gonna go with the Green Team. Even though I started to think it's the Shellheads. But Green Team. Green Team. Because I don't think they'd allow. Something that's so close to sounding it's like shitheads. A turtle force. What? <laughs> <laughs> what is the color? Is the robe of Splinter's action figure? Um, it's pink, burgundy, magenta. <laughs> that kind of hue. Oh, okay. It is C purple. I didn't give you the multiple choice. But you got it, right? It's magenta, purplish. Well, yes. Uh... Shredder Here has you a go. purple. Here's, here's a comic I call line. Shredder's purple. Anyway. We'll do one comic one and then we'll move on. In the comics, April O'Neil works for which channel? A, 1, B, 3, or C, 6? Um, trick question. She doesn't work for... She doesn't work for the news in the comic books. That's only the cartoon. Um, it says C... Which is six. However, in the film, she works for Channel Three. I know that, but she worked for Baxter Stockman in the comics. Well, that must be the Archie comics then. Give me that book. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> Jeff Rovin, who wrote that book. <laughs> he doesn't know shit. <laughs> Fuck him. Anyway, that's just a little yeah, it was just thing a of... little goofy thing that we decided to test Brad on his most favorite property. Yeah, I just found the book. I thought it'd be cool to do a little quiz. I didn't look at it beforehand. Yeah, you, you did must pretty know. well. And so I was just curious. I'm very proud of you, Brad. If I'd been looking at myself, I'd been like, oh, what is the answer? <laughs> <laughs> I know it in my head, but... Um, yeah, so... Yeah, Ninja Turtles, big news. Yeah. Disney Marvel, big news. We, uh, we've seen a few movies. Um, what, what is your take on where the wild things are? Um, I like it. Um, although I'm disturbed by it because it's uh, 
just like it's not a feel good movie. It's a disturbing. No, I mean, it's a uh, a smart look into domestic disturbance. I guess. <laughs> um, it's it's oh, what what review was I reading? It's not a kids movie. It's a movie about being a kid. Yeah, it makes sense. So, and it's not a, a light and fluffy dealing with how to be a kid. It's yeah. how real life. You know, I wrote a review for it on is. my MySpace page, myspace.com slash amazing spidey sense. Um, you know, I gave I, it I a, read it. Did you get my comment? I did. That was hilarious. <laughs> uh, I gave it a C because, you know, I don't know what it is about that movie. I really didn't feel that connected to it. And so the whole time I'm like, this movie's, I don't know. It just felt weird and different. And obviously it's Spike Jones, so he's trying to go for that. I mean, if you've seen Adaptation, then you know. Mm. Um, but it's just, I don't know. I could never get into it. And I thought that little kid, Max, was just a fucking prick. Yeah, like it's hard, it's hard to like the kid, yeah. but in the same, at the same time, like that's how kids are. Like, really. Yeah, I mean, he's like a amped up version, though, for sure. I don't know. I just could never, I never really got that much into it. And James Gandolfini's breathing really bothered me <laughs> as Carol. Uh, like when he'd say a line, he'd go... But Max, I can see that's picking that up because the bars <laughs> on the screen are moving. And that, like I, I never read the book before I went to see the movie, so I had a fresh perspective about the movie. And then I read the book, and I was like, "This makes even less sense than the <laughs> yeah. movie." That's how I wrote my review too. I, I, I wrote, it, "I said Max is a bad kid." <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> stupid. This is supposed to be some what sixty-year-old book that yeah, uh, it, it's beloved. People connected with, but I, like I reading, I'm like, what's the I. Maybe My I'm girlfriend stupid, has but... a, like a miniature lunchbox that she keeps makeup in of the cover of that book. Huh. I mean, it's a beloved book. It really like, what's is. What's the book mean? I don't Who know. the fuck knows? Just kids are a little shit sometimes. We're gonna get and... angry like posts yeah. like, as dissing where the wild things are. <laughs> How can you diss Murray Sendak? Like he's a genius, yeah. and but, he. You know, I, I do. Think... I think it's really just about the art. Like yeah. the art's really significant. Oh, absolutely. But I, I think the the visual effects in that movie were incredible. Oh yeah. I mean, the the monsters were unbelievable. Like, they felt like they went on to shot these creatures that existed. Exactly. And, you know, you couldn't really tell the CGI when they had the big fort they were building. I thought it looked really impressive. I, um, uh, I thought the faces were green, and they just mm-hmm. did really good CGI over that. But um, the, the faces just had control points on them. So there was an actual real-life constructed mold of all yeah. the faces. And then they just tracked the points and then just tweaked... And I mean, they look they just like the we and you went to Barnes and Noble a few days later, and we're looking at the book, and they look just like they did in the book. Yeah, and you know, it's pretty fantastic. And George Clooney vo- voiced the bird, which yeah, I didn't. I, I mean, didn't see you that don't in hear the anything. Yeah, and, and now George Clooney is doing a voice in another cartoon. Yeah, Fantastic Mr. Fox. I'm so excited. Which actually looks really funny. Yeah. Um, I had that preview recorded uh-huh. from the Paranormal Activity that I recorded, <laughs> and so I was just listening to it over and uh, over again. We didn't record anything. <laughs> no. And then are uh, you cussing at me? Are you cussing at me? <laughs> Just by the damn tree. <laughs> the uh, so oh, we saw a movie before that though. We saw the Informant with Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really enjoyed that movie. I don't know if it's a movie that you're going to watch over and over again, but it was a serious movie that they had sprinkled with the most ridiculous dialogue <laughs> throughout the movie. And Matt Damon freaking knocked it out of the park in that movie. He was good in it. Um, entertaining twist on like it. I didn't go where I thought it was going to go. Yeah. And um, but overall, like it's hard to get invested in a movie where the main character is actually the shithead. <laughs> yeah, like you. you well, you, you get it early on too that he maybe he's not. 
Borderline, you think he's just a dopey idiot. Yeah. But he's actually, like, a super Spoiler alert! <laughs> super intelligent criminal. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then we saw... What, is he, what did he have? Uh, he had... Bi- uh, bipolar? Bipolar, no. yeah. Okay. Because he would continuously blame other people for what was happening, but he was really the guy who was doing it all. Right, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. So now you don't have to see... I don't think it's that essential. I think he's still get that movie even if you yeah you use... oh, i agree and we saw paranormal activity mm-hmm. and it was the scariest movie i've ever seen i peed my pants except we didn't no we um do that. if if you're terrified of loud noises then <laughs> that movie will scare the shit out of you or lights turning on <laughs> actually i'm like uh <laughs> i was able to listen to it again uh-huh. <laughs> and thinking about it, like it lingered with me like it wasn't scary but it like kept me up like thinking about mm-hmm. like, the possibilities of it, and I went and read. Um, Homo, <laughs> <laughs> you fucker! Uh, I read the uh, like because you know there's alternate endings for that movie, right? There's uh, all, yeah, at least three of them. Um, and I'm guessing uh, I could say this because no one's actually even listening to these shows. But <laughs> <laughs> so spoiler alert! But uh, I like one of the endings that didn't end up in the movie. Oh, yeah? What was the ending? Would you like to know? Can you watch my line, or is it just a description? Just a description. I'm sure they'll be on the DVD. I hope they're on the DVD, because I think it's better than... Well, the ending in what we saw was decent. Yeah. Um, a little bit too much, like... Because, you know, we, we we went in knowing the story that Spielberg asked them to change, and if they changed the ending, they would get more financing, yeah. more exposure. Um, so they made this more supernatural en- ending where the girl... Which, ironically, what? is in the, the preview... Yes. Uh, you know, I was watching the preview online. I'm like, that what? frustrated me so much. Even in quarantine. Like, the quarantine, though, is the last shot of the movie is in the preview. Like, the last shot. It's probably the most important shot in the movie. Yeah. If it's if there's any shot that's going to make you be impressed with the movie and jump or scare you, it's the shot they showed you in the friggin' trailer. Yeah. Anyways, in Paranormal Activity, though, yeah. so the, one, we... of the, one of the last shots is in the trailer. Yeah. So, the, like, the most dynamic shot of the whole movie is in the trailer. Like, the whole movie is basically bunch of sounds and people reacting acting to those sounds the only real special effects is that guy getting tossed across the room yes and i'm waiting through the whole movie trying to figure out like what are they going to do to up that and i haven't seen that shot yet <laughs> there it is there it is but 30 seconds before the movie ends uh the other endings were one was um the girl screams downstairs guy runs out of bed runs down there he's screaming you hear nothing. She comes back upstairs, sits down by the bed, and just, like, rocks back and forth. Hmm. The time clicks by. Uh, it stops again. Her friend, who's been in the movie earlier, um, shows up, calls out for her. Um, and because her husband was dead downstairs, sees that first, leaves, and then the clock speeds up. And then the cops show up, start scanning the house. And uh, they see the body first, so they think there's really some major danger. And uh, she comes out of her trance just as they come up the stairs. And because she's still holding the knife, they gun her down. No. Yeah. Uh, but the one I approve of... Downer. Yeah. <laughs> but more, more realistic and in tune with the rest of the movie, which was very realistic for a ghost story, right? Mm-hmm. As about as realistic as it could be. Um, the ending I thought was better is... Uh, she screams. Husband runs downstairs. Um she kills him she comes back up the stairs and cuts her throat in front of the camera and kills Hmm. herself which would leave it would foreshadow the knife at the beginning that he was playing around with and um 
if she killed herself, then no one would know what the hell happened, and it would be written off as just some domestic violence. Yeah. Episode gone wrong until someone watched the video. Watched the video. Huh. So, and also like the credits part, uh, it just says that this movie's dedicated to these two hmm. people. Interesting. So I thought that was better than going all grudge style. Yeah. Where she gets all demonic and you know, actually, has that little demon face at the last the, half second. The one part of the movie I did, like, I, I didn't think the movie was creepy. I thought it was effective. Mm-hmm. I thought the movie was very... Because I, I'll i go on record as I fucking hate the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> and You're not alone. And some people, um, one of Laura's friends, ironically, in Fort Collins, who's a big movie guy like us, you'll meet him on at my Halloween party. He's really cool. His name's James. But he's actually a fan of the Blair Witch Project. And I know there's a lot of them out there. Um, but I didn't like the Blair Witch Project because acting was so fucking god-awful in it that it really removed you from the situation. You know, when people have forced dialogue and it, it's in tune, they say fuck all the time. And it's the same thing as when an actor or someone who's speaking into a microphone or talking publicly says, um, um, um. You're fucking right, right? That's totally um, fucking true. You know, no, seriously. And so when... <laughs> So when an so when an actor is improving, I just did air quotes. Um, when an actor is improving, sometimes if you're where you're not constrained by your language, you're gonna say fuck all the time, and they say fuck so many fucking times in that fucking movie that it really removes you. And that chick is so stupid in it, and they, they expect you to believe that the Blair Witch is the one who orchestrated all this, and she made that chick throw the map away and. Stuff like that. But in Paranormal Activity, granted, I don't think the characters are that much smarter. But at least they seem like a loving couple. And the acting was way better. You yeah. Know, the, the, on that site I was reading, um, it was a site for the movie by the guy. Uh-huh. And he was writing, like, he... What happened was he just bought and how a long house. did the movie take to shoot? Uh, I think about a month or so. It was very yeah. short. But obviously, it wasn't that hard to shoot. But you know, it's actually lit strategically. Believe yeah. it or not, but um, he came up with that whole movie because he bought a new house um, in California or whatever when he was trying to make movie deals. Mm-hmm. He was alone in this house, and it was settling, so it was actually making all these weird noise and stuff. Nice. And then um, after he's like, oh, yeah, I should write this story, and then um, later on, his like the most important thing about making the movie was to get the right actors. Mm. So he interviewed a whole bunch of couples, and like the two that are on there now are like the like the are most they a convincing. Real no, hmm. but they seemed the most convincing together, and they were able to improv very well. That's good. So, but actually, most of that movie is the script. Like, there isn't a lot of improv. That's good though, because you, you need a structure in it, and you, especially if you're shooting a movie that's so low budget, and you're having actors that are unknown and unproven. Improv is the hardest thing to act because you have to be funny, and you have to have people listen to you and be engrossed in what you're saying, and you still have. It, it's I've was in acting for so long and i mean you know you film me and adam and me and adam improv we're funny together because we just have that chemistry you know and and again i'll I'll always bring this up is my favorite improv line ever in anything we've ever done (laughs) was in night of the twilights when i said you're gonna take kids at home (laughs) yeah can you answer this trivia question (laughs) what is the most improvised line most infinitely improvised line in the history of nebulous visions and it is you will take your absorbitron because you know it's funny because you always said, I will never forget this to this day. Um, 
I, after you cut that scene, you said, that is the stupidest fucking thing you've ever said. I'm saying this verbatim. He didn't really say that. Brad's not that mean of a director. But he says, ah, that's stupid. Why would you say that? And then when you see it cut together, Brad put it on the our, like, poster. And it's in the trailer. It sells the movie. <laughs> I'm a genius. But no, but seriously, that's why I hate the Blair Witch Project. Because they just let these, these kids who are not professionally trained actors, like, I'm not at all. So I would never trust myself in a movie. Even though, I, you know, I change scripts all the time and you hate cutting me. But I would never purposely just be out in the woods and just talk. Because I'm going to say fuck all the time. But in, you know, Paranormal Activity, they, they're they good actors. And it's hard to keep p- people uh, watching a movie with two actors for two hours. and be the same en- shots over the and over again. same shots over and over again and be entertained. I mean, they had, you know, supporting characters every once in a while in it. But... Basically, it was those two. Mm-hmm. He carried the movie. But I thought the creepiest scene was every anytime she woke up and just looked at him when he was asleep. Oh, like that's creepy. Yeah, because like, I'm not a a heavy sleeper. Well, that first time when she slept walked and went outside, yeah, and he woke up hours later and like he's going through that uh, Venetian blind mm-hmm. open door and he's, she's still not around. Yeah, and she's just sitting there on the swing. Oh, see that stuff's creepy. Um, but you know. Uh, one of my complaints about the movie is you always knew when the specter was coming mm-hmm. because they play like a bass. You'd be like, this is a low generated hum. Yeah, so. and so it really took away some of the the power and the surprise of the and the surprise. It, I think the movie is more geared towards and I'm probably going to get something from my girlfriend for saying this, but it, it's more geared towards teenage girls um, that those kind of scares, especially you know the door slams really loud. Mm-hmm. Like that shit doesn't scare me. I'm sitting there watching it. I'm like, eh, whatever. You know, but... I, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I thought the movie was very interesting, though. And I, I do... You know, it has a lot to be said that it's captured people's imagination. And they only made it for $15,000. And I love that that movie is a hit because mm-hmm. it shows that independent filmmakers can still sneak their way into Hollywood. Yeah. And I, 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 my hat's off to those people because, yeah. you know, they made something that they wanted to do and it's it shows in their in what they did you know it's people that are committed to it they're committed mm-hmm. even if it's it took them a month to shoot this movie you know for a month they're in that movie and it shows that uh director is a former uh just a uh, video game designer really yeah and uh next he's working on an area 51 thing cool so I, i'm guessing it's gonna be well i'm uh, sure he's gonna get <laughs> offers are gonna start pouring in for him oh yeah but i'm sure the movie's probably gonna just be like some dude uh, with a group of guys, a group of guys that are going to an army base with a single camera. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. But you know, I, it, was an, it was an okay movie. I recommend it. Yeah. I, you know, it wasn't scary. It wasn't the scariest movie of all time no, to but, me. But but you know, I, again, I appreciate movies like that. You don't see them very often, where an independent movie breaks through. Mm-hmm. You know, even independent movies now, like Juno, which I really love. I really love Juno. But, I mean, they call that an independent movie, but, I mean, is it really independent? <laughs> you know, it, it's picked up by Fox, but I'm sure it had, you know, I, its budget had to been, like, $10 million. Well, I think nowadays, indie movie kind of encompasses more than, like, because truly independent means, like, you made it yourself. And, and then you it had gets no studio picked financing, up, yeah. you know, just like Paranormal Activity. But um, now it kind of just encompasses, like, avant-garde, off the, you know. Yeah, it, it has to be unusual. You know, something like being quirky. John Malkovich. Yeah, it's not labeled as, like... As action flick with like a lead actor, like a name, and then there's like an action sequence every ten minutes or something like that. It's it's a movie that's made in different 
ways. Yeah, you know, I brought up George Clooney, and I really respect George Clooney because he makes so many different movies. Have you seen a trailer for The Men Who Stare at Goats? Yeah. I want to see that movie really bad because it seems so, so weird. weird. And then he's doing The Fantastic Mr. Fox. He did Where the Wild Things Are. He does comedies. You he's know, got that, um, the guy who did Juno. He's got yeah. that up in the air thing. Yeah. That which I haven't Jason seen any trailers for. Right, man, but like... That, I really respect George Clooney for doing stuff like that. He's not... I mean, he's great in Burn After Reading. You know, as the uh, the boyfriend <laughs> the, who's sleeping with the CIA's agents. I barely Tilda remember. Swinton. Yeah. But no, that... I watched that movie again. It was really funny. <laughs> Definitely Cohen Brothers. Those guys. Do you know those guys got their start with Sam Raimi? No. They made movies together, uh... Sam Raimi is actually in their first movie as one of, like, the actors. And Bruce Campbell's in some of their movies. Bruce Campbell has a very, very, very small cameo in The Lady Killers. Very small. Oh, I thought you were again. He's, like, no, Tom just, Hanks is I, walking by and you see Tom, Bruce Campbell in the background. What was I watching where Sam Raimi's an actor in the credits? It's like some... The Hudsucker Proxy? He's in that. No. <laughs> uh, it's like a major movie that I own. Uh, I, we shouldn't talk about it because I'm not going to remember right away. <laughs> you know, too, I I, re- I bought Drag Me to Hell, obviously, because I'm a huge Sam Raimi fan. And every time, Justin Long is maybe one of my most favorite people in Hollywood, too. Because he never takes himself seriously. And he's always that guy who's like, who the fuck is this guy? He's the Mac guy. <laughs> but he's still always funny in movies. And he's, I don't know, he's just a good actor. I always enjoy him in movies. Yeah, he's, I like how he does like little cameo type parts yeah and he did i mean he never takes himself seriously good waiting zach and mary (laughs) he's good in zach and mary oh he's fantastic in zach and mary uh i i love reading the story about how he just came up with that voice and what's his name randy st Clair? is that his name or randy st randy brandon st randy something like that he's freaking hilarious in it oh boy but yeah anyways you know so yeah i recommend paranormal activity i also recommend where the wild things are it was just weird and I, I never, maybe I have to watch it again, but I also think that's one of those movies that's going to be cool to show off on Blu-ray, uh, you know? So I'll probably get it just because, I mean, I like the movie, but it's weird. I don't know if I can recommend it, but I do want to recommend it because it's so bizarre. I don't know. And then Mark Ruffalo, what does he do in that movie? He's, <laughs> like, that movie, I have a feeling too that movie is cut heavily because it seems like... Well, I know how a lot of studio changes. Oh yeah, it's supposed yeah. to come out two years ago. Yeah, and obviously they wanted something that was more marketable to kids. And... <laughs> the, the arm ripoff. Yeah. I mentioned that in my review of Make Mortal Kombat so Proud. Place it with a stick. Yeah. I was like, I wonder if that's in the book. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Definitely not. Uh, it's it, so negative. Like, it is. All the characters are just. They're like, very negative. They hate each other, and you know, I wonder if self-esteem issues. I wonder if that has to do with how Max views himself, because obviously that's his imagination. That's. They're probably all different aspects. Of, of his, his imagination. His own personality, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of scary, because maybe the kid's... <laughs> the new future future next killer. Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah. It's, this is his initial attempt at dealing with it. <laughs> Thank God he comes out on top. I still really want to see Astro Boy, too. Do you? Yeah. Well, Kristen Bell's in it. Oh. God, I love her. Well, she's, she's just a voice. I know, but her voice is so sweet and cute. How come you haven't seen Couples Retreat, then? You know, that's a good question, Brad, because, I don't know. I haven't seen it, because it looks retarded. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not... Couple, so it has no appeal to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, you, you hit on the head. I, 
I thought it looked fun. I love Jason Bateman. Yeah, I, I love most and, of the guys and, and in and it. And Kristen Bell and, you know, John Favreau and Vince Vaughn. But I don't know. It just didn't seem but that appealing to me. Being a married couple on the verge of divorce just doesn't... Yeah, I... I don't know what to do. I couldn't. T- I don't have an answer for you either. Um, what else have we seen? You saw Saw four or six already. Six, and I do recommend that. If you're a fan of the Saw series, you will be so surprised about how good this movie is. It's the first one I haven't gone to see at midnight. Sad. Yeah. You know, I, I'm telling you, Brad. It's it's so when I I want to see it. I, just, I was I was you nervous. Went to Fort Collins to see yeah, it. I know. <laughs> I, I was nervous because it opens up with another trap. Where, yeah, where someone wakes up and, where the hell am I? Get me out of here! But the trap is freaking so gruesome that you're like, okay, I'm kind of on board for this saw. And then after that happens, it slows way down. I don't think that. It becomes a drama. It does. And I don't think the next trap or the next set of things happens for like 40 minutes. 30 to 40 minutes. Wow. And they just set up the characters in the, the movie and. It, oh, our saws are growing up. <laughs> it's like the first saw where, you know, they're trying to figure something out. and They're actually solving the mystery. They're solving the mystery. And that my biggest pet peeve of the last two saws is that they just seem to go from next gruesome thing to next gruesome Look, thing. this sweet trap we came up with. Exactly. And I always hated that the Hoffman character was so boring. I mean, he had, it seemed he came out of left field and he's, oh, he's the next jigsaw. And this movie answers, I mean, why the fuck did he kill Strom? I mean, he's seriously an FBI agent doing a good job. Mm-hmm. That goes against everything Jigsaw ever set up. Yeah, the FBI agent doesn't not value his life at all. Exactly. <laughs> so this movie actually addresses that. It, and, you know, it had, the Saw people who are in charge of the franchise had to have looked at... Because I'm sure I'm not the only person who feels this about these movies. Had to have looked at, like, the message boards or something. And they're looking at... I'm sure they had some grand plan for the whole thing. They say, you know what? They're probably right. Maybe we should answer some of these stupid fucking questions that we've dug ourselves in a hole with. Look, guys, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. And so, and it deals with a lot of flashbacks with um, John Kramer, Jigsaw. And I think the series strength is on him. I mean, it's just like Nightmare on Elm Streets. If Freddy Krueger's not in Nightmare on Elm Streets, then it's not the same. Well, they haven't made that one yet. Not like Friday the 13th. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's... Exactly. <laughs> Friday 13th Part 5, don't even get me started on that fucking thing. Um, but, you know, and so, I mean, he, he isn't really jigsawing it. But it goes back to him being in flashbacks of him talking about people who value life and why he turned to what he was doing. I mean, the whole point of the first saw is he was punishing those guys because they didn't care who they were. They, they didn't value their life. And, you know, when you're faced with death, do you value your life? And he asked that, you know, it, it asks that question and that is constantly repeated throughout the movie. And it has a lot to do with our time because the two people at the beginning in the first trap are loan officers. And then the, <laughs> the people that are in the traps uh, later on in the movie are insurance companies. So it's it's really contemporary. And it has the most disturbing trap. social commentary. Oh yeah, the most disturbing trap in any Saw movie. Sweet. The, the poster is that merry-go-round or what are those fucking called? I think, mer- I guess a merry-go-round. Where it spins around on a playground. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But the merry-go-round... No horses. There's yeah. no horses, though. It's just, like, people sitting. Metal, yeah. Yeah, they're sitting around, and um, there's a gun. And this guy can choose two people to live, but four people must die. 
So it spins around. It spins around, and then it stops, and he has to hit a button. Is it constantly moving? No, it's moving, and then it'll stop on somebody, and he has to hit the button if he wants a person to live. If he doesn't hit the button, then they're killed. And it's great, too, because the the writer, whoever's a writer of this is actually smart. People start saying stuff like, I'm pregnant, or you can't do this without me, and it really shows people's psychology in it. And it's it's really tense, because it's like, who's he going to let live, and... It goes back to the saws where people actually have to make a choice. So, uh, I shouldn't even ask this because I want to go see the movie, but, uh, so, like, why does he have to shoot anybody? Why can't you just say, I'm not going to kill any of them. See ya. Well, it really won't ruin the movie if I tell you this part. These people, these six people that are in here, the guy who's going through the traps is a VP of the insurance company. And he has these six people, he calls them the bullpen. And their job is to find faults in people's... Um, applications. So like they said, I don't know, they have a pre-existing medical condition they lied about on their application, then these people's job is to do the research and find them, and then reject their policies. So they can't get the coverage. And so they're there because they're bad people. Like, their whole their whole job is to find mistakes with people so they don't get coverage and they die. And I, I tell you more, but like, they kind of ruin, mm. like, why they're there, but... I mean, that's why they're there, is because that's their job, is to find what's wrong with fucking people. But the guy with the gun... There's no guy thing. It's a it's a machine, but the guy the VP has to decide who lives and dies. So like it's going around, and he has there's six people. Yeah, but I'm just like, why does the VP care? Who? Because it's his bullpen. Like, yeah, he told these people to do this job. Exactly. But he needs to start. Is he trying to redeem himself? Well, no. The, the whole yeah, the whole point of it is he came up with the thing that he's like, you can't get coverage because of some pre-existing medical condition. Um, but all these people are healthy and the odds is like 23% of people, only 23% of people can get health care or something from this company. So you can only choose two out of six people to live because the other people have death sentences. No, no, you'd have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's hard to explain unless you watch the whole hour and 45 minute movie. But yeah, go see Saw 6. Uh, I think there's one other movie... Did we see uh, another one? I can't remember. Did I go see something by myself? What did we both go see by ourselves? Um, and we just found out we saw it by ourselves. Well, that was a way we go, but that was a while yeah. ago. Yeah, that was a good movie, though. Yeah. Um, the one you saw by yourself I really want to see is uh, 500 Days of Summer. Because, oh, yeah. Uh, James in Fort Collins told me it's one of the best movies he's ever seen. Yeah, I'd rate it as, like, one of, I don't know, I have, like, three favorite movies of the year, and... It's either that or Moon. Yeah. Um, I heard Moon I heard didn't get that good of reviews. It's good. I don't know what they're talking about. I mean, it's (laughs) slow, but it's... Sam uh, Rockwell, right? Yeah. That guy's weird. He plays many different characters in that movie, and the special effects are really good. Cool. I guess it's directed by David Bowie's son. Really? Yeah. Um, But yeah, 500 Days of Summer, probably my number one. And I I can't say that because Fantastic Mr. Fox is coming out, and that might be my number one. (laughs) Well, you know, it's almost so. the end of the year, so we'll probably have to do our favorite movie list of the year. Yeah. Unless movie the year was kind of blah. I saw a lot of stuff I liked. But yeah, like I'd say blockbuster-wise, fizzle. Of course, yeah. we, we never saw the biggest blockbuster of the summer. We didn't see the biggest movie of the year. We did not. We, we, did, not, we did not see Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. However, I was at Walmart yesterday, and they had it playing on one of their TVs, and it looks fantastic on Blu-ray. And there was an old man Transformer who walked with a cane. And there was Sam Witwicky 
and Megan Fox, who all she does is like, look how pretty I am and don't pay attention to my subpar acting ability. And then they have the the uh, ethnic, like, the funny ethnic guy. Robots? No, there oh. wasn't a bot. It was like some kid. He's, you know, he's like the funny man and he's ethnic and I don't know. The token black guy? <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't black. I think he was Middle Eastern. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know I couldn't really hear it, but I could tell by how he was acting that he was supposed to be, you know, the funny guy in the movie. I might pick it up, pick it up on my Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I, if you do pick it up, I'll watch it. But I do not want to spend money on it. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not gonna buy it. Spend almost thirty dollars on Blu-ray yet. Yeah, it's fucking stupid, man. I still, I still have a problem with the first one. And when your friend Jesse listens to this, he's gonna hate me more <laughs> because he he loves Transformers, but I just, I just can't get into it. I don't like the scene where Optimus Prime is. This is Bumblebee, and boom, 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 and they do like this dance, and they show you who they are. Oh fuck, that's Jazz or whoever. I don't even fucking know. <laughs> well, I'm just like, so Bumblebee can't speak through most of the movie, and magically his voice box gets gets repaired at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and the last fight with Optimus Prime and Megatron really ruined that movie for me. Actually, I thought it was the, like the sweetest part of the movie. Was the, yeah, but like the, the the ending was so anticlimactic. Remember he like took the thing out of his chest and stuck it in Megatron. Oh, the Allspark. Yeah. yeah. Like, what the fuck? That's how it works, I guess. Yeah, I guess I don't. I guess I'm not a big enough fan of Transformers. So Transformers fans, you can post on my Facebook page and tell me how stupid okay. I am. I'm sure Jesse could explain it if he'd do yeah. another podcast. Yeah. But... Tell. You can fucking explain it to me if you want. I just <laughs> don't get it. I watched a cartoon when I was little. I just don't remember it. I guess. Um, gosh, I swear there's like another theater thing we watched. We saw Paranormal together, we saw... You saw... saw. I talked for like 15 minutes about Saw. You did, that's awesome. <laughs> Where are we at? Almost an hour? Yeah. Wow, I don't know. I was going to suggest doing skits, but... <laughs> <laughs> Unless you've got other stuff to contribute? I might just call it an evening. Um, no. I really don't. I... I've been watching Alias. Alias is an awesome show. I was telling my, uh, I was telling people that I think J.J. Abrams might be one of my favorite people in Hollywood because he just goes out there and fucking rocks it. <laughs> All the shows are pretty good. I, obviously, I haven't seen Felicity, so I don't know if Felicity's good, and I never will see Felicity. But his sci-fi shows are really good, and his movies are awesome. I think Mission Impossible Three is the best Mission Impossible. Yeah, and Star Trek was good. Oh, Star Trek was great. That's coming out on DVD soon. Oh, that's awesome. gonna be awesome. I think it's great having never seen the other Star Treks. Um, I, you're not the only fan who I've talked to of the original that says it's a good movie, but they don't feel it's up to par with the old ones. Mm. But me having nothing to compare it to, I thought it was an awesome movie. I, yeah, I think it's good. I, like the, the message behind it's different. Yeah, I, I, obviously they're trying to appeal to a wider audience. Yeah, and sometimes that audience appeals to mediocrity. So. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, but luckily, J.J. Uh, Abrams did well. It's it's not Transformers. I, if I think any movie of the summer deserved to be make as much money as Transformers, it should have been Star Trek because it was way better. The acting is thirty thousand times better. Oh, yeah. yeah, obviously, I haven't seen the new That's Transformers, <laughs> but still, yeah, I don't. Well, I saw to. the first one. Yeah, so. I've seen the first one. So, um, I'm trying to think about like other movies that. High expectations, low return. I don't know. You know, the movie. I, I have a ticket binder with me right now. Yeah, no I doubt. Do it easily. 
Um, should have brought that. Yeah, you know, we should do that next time. You know, the movie I was most wor- worried about and I actually really enjoyed was New Friday the 13th. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Because, you know, they... To make Jason scary again, I think, was maybe the hardest thing they had to do. Because... He's super goofy by Manhattan. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, he seriously, by Jason Takes Manhattan, he just became a parody of himself. Mm. You know, he's going to space. And I think, still think Jason X isn't that bad. But Jason Goes to Hell is fucking god-awful. It ranks right up there with Part 5, where I can't... I can't really watch them. I'll watch them if I'm bored. And I, the thing I think I hate the most about Part 5 is not the really skinny, like, your size Jason Imposter. <laughs> but it's the greasers that randomly show up in the movie. Like, who the fuck still dresses like that in 1985 <laughs> with leather jackets and slicked back hair? And that guy. <laughs> and they're working on a car that the Jason Imposter randomly kills. I don't know. It's fucking weird. But yeah, Friday 13th I really enjoyed. Um, Drag Me to Hell might be my favorite movie of the year, though. But you haven't seen really? it, have you? No, I haven't seen it. I should let you borrow it, and you can understand how awesome it is. It's right there. Under the it is. It's book. right there. I've got Observe and Report in my Netflix. I went from two to one. Yeah. Because uh, they charge you extra for Blu-ray now. So I was like, well, I'll just get less movies. <laughs> yeah. And lowered my price. So, but yeah, I've got that to watch. Nice. The new Rod Stewart CD comes out this week. I'm excited. It's been a good year for Rod Stewart fans. They've released a Greatest Hits package with another new song on it. They re-released A Night on the Town and Atlantic Crossing with a whole new CD of unreleased stuff. I just got the Rod Stewart sessions less than a month ago. 65 new Rod Stewart songs. And now Rod Stewart Soul Book. Are you going to rush out and see the Michael Jackson documentary? Um, you know, to tell you the truth, I don't know if I want to see that. I'm really torn about it because you knew even before he died as a big michael jackson fan but like it just seems so like a hack job to make money off his death that i'm really i don't know like i'm interested in it but i don't know if i want to see it i I guess he was making it before he died so it was his choice to make it yeah but you know but the whole way it was made is they had all this concert footage that they were going to make it in a documentary but after he died, they held like a bidding war for it. And Sony won at like $25 million or something. And so they gave him all the footage and they cut whatever movie they cut. I don't even know. Yeah. It's, it's like being marketed for someone else. Exactly. So it's, I, I don't know. You know, it's a weird irony I've been seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a Michael Jackson costume for kids mm-hmm. <laughs> for Halloween this year. And finally, the kids will be inside Michael Jackson. Oh! oh! I'm Brad. <laughs> and I'm Ryan. Yeah. And we'll see time. you next time. Bye.